Yelich sends one to right center and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and go! For Yelich! He has tied the game with a booming home run. He got it all. Tied up 4-4 on a big home run the pitch. Ryan Braun sends it to right center and deep. Get up! I was just very frustrated on Wednesday night, did not record, so now I'm recording in the morning here, Thursday morning, in order to get this podcast out for you, so going solo, no Trevor or no special guest to join me here, and yeah, you know, if I was frustrated, it was not a good series at all. I think the two biggest headliners are what good is starting pitching without offense and a good shortstop playing defense. So we'll get into all that. I'm going to quickly recap the games here first. Game one was that 2-0 loss and was another wasted start, I think, in, from Brandon Woodruff. His counterpart in this one, Chris Bubik, dominated the Brewers last year, did so again in this game as Bubik went six innings, gave up just one hit, and Woodruff essentially mashed him, was really good. Royals hitters were going with the uh, ambush tactic on Woodruff in this one, so his pitch count stayed relatively low throughout the game, and that's why he ended the game with just four strikeouts. A little bit unusual there, but when you think about the approach Royals had in this one, that makes more sense. Woodruff did not run into any trouble, essentially, until there were two outs in the eighth inning, which also, again, is part of this frustration. So with nobody out, he walked with Merrifield on four straight pitches and then beamed Carlos Santana. So you could tell, all right, something's going on here. You now have the three-hitter coming up. So Craig Council brought in Devin Williams, whose second pitch was a changeup. It was hit for a clean single, not a good changeup by Williams. But then there was a play at the plate. So we're at a 0-0 zero to zero game right now because the pitchers are just dueling it out. And live, it looked like Avi Garcia's throw beat Merrifield to the plate. He was initially called safe, and the Brewers decided to challenge, so we go to replay, and I thought replay clearly confirmed that the throw, A, not only beat Merrifield to the plate, but the tag got there as well, but of course, in typical replay flat fashion, the call stood, and the Brewers are suddenly down 1-0. to zero. So I thought that was just atrocious. Brandon Woodruff was fired up in the mound. I'm pretty sure you could hear him mouth the words garbage, and... Yeah, that, that's a pretty good way to sum it up about the replay system and how we've really gotten screwed over it this year. And then really to add fuel to the fire, to make things worse, the next batter hit a grounder to Luis Urias, whose throw was very, very wide of Billy McKinney at first. So another run scored, that makes it 2-0 to Royals. That was Urias' second error of the game. His first error came in the second inning. Obviously, it cost the Brewers any runs, but Pablo Reyes had an error in this one earlier. So that's how the Brewers end up with three defensive errors in game one. In the ninth inning, in an attempt to come back, Lorenzo Cain reached base, just one out. Christian Yelich came up to the plate, 
And you could see like a magical moment. You could see the storyline there, like first game back, ties game with Homer. But no, he struck out for his third time in his first game back. And then the Brewers were down to their last out, Avi Garcia at the plate. He half swung at a pitch, and the umpire at first base rung him up, call it a strike. That would have been the second strike of his at bat. Garcia was furious because he didn't think he went. They showed the check swing on replay. I didn't think there was any way he went, but of course, he got rung up for strike two. Garcia got heated. He ended up getting tossed. Craig Council comes out and is blowing steam at the home plate umpire. He gets tossed as well. So then Dan Vogelbach has to come in for one pitch and strikes out to end the game. That was just a very, very frustrating loss. 2-0 to zero were shut out. I think I summed it up quite well with a post after this game. I said, hey, the Brewers could easily blame replay on this one. They could blame the umpires. But really, they just got to hit. You got to be better than that. I, I thought they should have used this game as a building block to, to be better because <laughs> that's what we have to be. But unfortunately, in game two, that did not happen. Now you got Corbin Burns on the mound, your other ace, because we have two of them. So you're thinking, all right, there's no way we're going to lose this game. We're going to at least split this series against the Royals. Luis Arias wasn't starting in this game. He was having a mental day. So Pablo Reyes made a second MLB start at second base. And Brewers got off to an early lead. Omar Narvaez had a hit with runners in, with a runner in scoring position. Miracle. So we went up 1-0 in the first inning. And then in the second, Corbin Burns allowed a home run to, I think it's Michael Taylor. Yeah, like whoever heard of him. But he blasted a 437-foot full count fastball that was right down the middle, way out of there for a two-run homer. That was Corbin Burns' first home run allowed since April 3rd. That was off of Buxton in the Twin Series. So game number two of the year. Crazy stuff there. In the fourth, Jackie Bradley Jr. launched a deep homer into right field to tie the game 2-2. Two to two. And then in the sixth, JBJ again, this time with a runner on third base. He got robbed of a home run. Hit one into deep center. Thankfully, there's only one out and the runner's able to tag from second, but a hell of a play by the Royals center fielder there to rob JBJ of his second home run of the game. That was against a left-handed pitcher as well. That initially gave the Brewers a 3-2 lead. So in comes my man, J.P. Feierheisen. Obviously struggled last series in, in his outing. Hadn't pitched in a while, and he did not look good whatsoever in this one. Soler hit a home run off him right off the bat, 442 feet, no doubt about it. That tied the game up 3-3, to and then we make things worse. We end up giving up three more runs in that inning. One more run, excuse me, in that inning to make it 4-3, to and then the eighth inning, the Royals tack on two more runs, so all of a sudden you're looking at a 6-3 to deficit. And then the Brewers tried to rally in the ninth. They got one run back, so that's how we lose 6-4. to Really quite the tale of two games. Like the Brewers had no runners in scoring position in the first game in this one. And then in the second one, they had just a ton, which was the story of the season and just can't bring anybody in. As we all know, that is frustrating. One for 12 in game two with runners in scoring position. So like I said, really good performances out of our starting pitchers. Unfortunately, we're just not getting run support. Brandon Woodruff, now officially has the least amount of run support out of any pitcher in the MLB. It's a, like 1.58. That's terrible. Somehow they're still winning a good majority of the starts, just obviously not in this game. And in case you're wondering, you're like, oh, where's the run support for Corbin Burns? Well, 
Burns technically has over double the amount of run support. He's over three runs <laughs> per an outing, uh, which you know isn't terrible, but you'd like to see us win more Corbin Burns days because we've lost a good majority of the games where he's been pitching in, and, which just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So offense definitely needs to step it up. If I think when I had Spencer Gregerson on here, he gave his series dud to the entire Brewers offense, and it was well-deserved. I mean, I could very easily do the same thing here again once I get into that point. But you can also look to the defense in this. And Luis Sirius had four errors in two games. That's how he ended up getting that mental day. He's now up to nine errors on the season. Near the league league in, start, in short stops for errors, I think, Fernando Tatis Jr. actually has more, if I remember the graphic from Bali Sports correctly. But yeah, very frustrating for someone who handles the ball very often. Urias, Urias is just 23 years old. It, it's easy to get frustrated with his defense because a lot of his errors come in bunches and they come in key situations. And I mentioned on the last podcast, I said, hey, you don't want that in a playoff contending team, especially come September games. And Craig Council essentially said that same thing in his pregame press conference on Wednesday. So good to know Council and I are thinking alike there. There's been a lot of calling like, hey, bring D Strange Gordon up. He can play shortstop and you know that's going to solve all our issues. I don't think so. You know, I've been a very big proponent of D Strange Gordon, but it was not for the defensive side of things. It was to help propel this offense because he can get on base. He can steal bases, has a very big impact there. He hasn't played shortstop consistently, I don't think, since like 2013. And like throughout his career, he's got like a, I think it's close to like a negative 19 DRS I saw on Twitter at the shortstop position. So he would just be a short-term solution, right? Like I think he would try to help come in and help provide a spark offensively. Obviously, I would take D. Strange Gordon over shortstop than Pablo Reyes if we're thinking about doing something more long-term here, which I, I still don't think we're to that point. Not yet, and unless this Urias thing really blows up even more than what it really is. But then if you're looking for a long-term defensive replacement at shortstop, then you probably have to go to, you know, a Daniel Robertson, which pains me to say, but he's probably the best option defensively behind Urias. Obviously, I don't think we have anyone in the minors ready to ring. He's not ready this year. We're just not going to see it. Unless things really get desperate, then then maybe. But I would not hold my breath on that, nor do I really think it's worth it, because what good would bringing up a, another very, very young shortstop to play MLB innings do? You know, what if he struggles the same way Urias is? Then all of a sudden you're looking at two young shortstops with a case of the yips and throwing errors, and then you're really kind of screwing yourself throughout your minor league system at the shortstop position, at least in the short term. So... Yeah, defensively, maybe it's Daniel Robertson. Offensively, I think, yeah, D. Strange Gordon come in. He could play shortstop for a little bit, but he's definitely not the long-term solution there. Just where you play D. Strange Gordon on a long-term basis is the biggest hurdle to him playing, like I've said many times before, because you can't plug him at second because that's where Colton Wong is. Does he have the arm for third base? Eh, I don't, I don't think so. Travis Shaw's got a pretty good glove there, so... Unless he's going to learn first base. <laughs> That's really about it at this time. So let's get into the series MVP and the series dud here. MVP, I'm going to go with Woodruff. He should have had an outing where he allowed zero earned runs. 
But of course, the replay costs him one earned run, and he gets tagged with two runs allowed, just one earned run due to the Luis Urias air. It really ruined his gem, but man, was he good in this one. It is especially good for me to see, especially in an ambush-type tactic that the Royals were doing, that he was still able to record outs, not give up long balls, got a lot of grounders in this start, because like I said, only four strikeouts in seven and two-thirds innings pitched. Only gave up four hits. Really impressive stuff out of there. Corbin Burns in his start, six innings pitched, two hits allowed, one walk, nine strikeouts. He is now, I think, tied for the second longest streak in MLB history with consecutive starts to begin the year with at least nine strikeouts. So he's chasing Pedro Martinez. And I think it was Shane Bieber is the other one this year who is currently on that streak. So... Yeah, definitely year of the pitcher. I mean, we saw two no-hitters this week. So uh, there is still some more history for Corbin Burns to be made, even though he did allow a walk in this one. So, you know, his streak of strikeouts without allowing a walk is going to have to restart once again. For series, dud. Oh, man. I don't know. For me, it's a toss-up. Do I want to choose Luis Urias because of his poor defense? Or J.P. Fireheisen because of his continued struggles and essentially gave up the game for us in Game 2. I think, man, I'm such a J.P. lover that I'm going to go with Elise Urias as my dud in this one because his errors have been more impactful throughout the entire season and especially in this series in particular. Could have kept it a one to nothing game. Really, it should have been a 0-0 game, like I said, if it wasn't for replay, but the amount of errors that he's getting in games is, is very concerning, especially for the shortstop position where you're handling the ball a lot, whereas J.P. Fireisen, yeah, back-to-back outings where he has struggled now. He had been our seventh-inning setup guy. Is he in jeopardy of losing that role? I, maybe. Brad Boxberger wasn't good in this one, though, either. I'd say he was the next in line. Uh, so maybe Council looks to go to someone else here, give Fireheisen some other not-as-stressful situations to get back in the groove. I know maybe it was the long layoff between outings that had been doing him in, maybe showing some rust. Hopefully that's what it is, because a lot of his hits or struggles, I thought, in this last outing against the Royals came on the fastball. And all of a sudden he started throwing the changeup and the slider again, and batters weren't swinging, and he was throwing them for strikes. So... I think he just needs to stay more consistent with his off-speed stuff. Trust that off-speed stuff. Go to it. Maybe use your fastball secondary. That seems to be a theme throughout uh, really good relief pitchers here, you know, thinking Devin Williams in particular. So that's what I'm seeing out of JP there. Honorable mention for my dud. What's next? We have a series against the Reds. First time seeing the Reds all year. They are just a hair under 500. This, this series won't begin until Friday, so I don't know their exact record here. And this is going to be in Great American Ballpark, so I'm kind of conflicted. Like, do I want to see just an offensive outburst in this series? Because you got a good hitter's ballpark. Hell, let the pitchers struggle for a series. Let's just get the offense going. Because, you know, we're not going to have Woodruff or Burns in this Red Series, which doesn't make me feel as confident going into it because it's a division game and you want to win these, especially with how poor we've been playing as of late. We'll see Luis Castillo, I believe, on Sunday. He's got an ERA hovering around seven this year, and I only know this because I drafted him very high in my fantasy baseball league for reviewing the brew, and he is just making me mad. I want to trade him, so if anybody wants him, hit me up. But he did strike out 11 batters in his last outing, so it's like, oh, is he starting to turn the corner? Maybe. And it would just be the very Brewers thing to do for Luis Castillo to come out and just like 
throw a complete game and just dominate us on Sunday. And I hope I'm jinxing it by saying that and that it's not going to happen. His struggles are going to continue because I really, at this point, I just want to see an offensive outburst. Three games in a row at Great American Ballpark. What better way to do it, I think. So I'll be back to recap the Reds series. That podcast will be coming out on Monday. So those are all Eastern time zone games. So make sure you're paying attention to those. I think there's some weird times over this weekend. I think it's like 6-10 on Friday, 3-10 on Saturday, and then it might be a 12 o'clock game on Sunday. But don't hold me to any of those. Make sure you're checking that out. Make sure you're checking my writing out at Reviewing the Brew and Wisconsin Sports Relics. Give me a follow on Twitter. I always love to talk Brewers baseball, and I will talk to you on Monday, Brew fans.